My life is like a browser with 25 open tabs. I have kind of a constantly plugged in thing. Any interruption could jeopardize the whole operation. So I got my internet service from AT&T. Because their customers rated their service number one in reliability over cable. For $40 a month, I can get up to 100 megabits per second internet, so I can stay up to date on the latest stuff going on in my world. It's soothing to know AT&T internet is rated number one in reliability over cable. It helps me maintain my low-stress thing. AT&T internet customers rank their service number one in reliability over cable. Switch and get up to 100 megabits per second for $40 a month. Limited availability may not be available in your area. Check eligibility at att.com slash internet. AT&T. More for your thing. That's our thing. New approved customers only. Includes internet plans 10 to 100 megabits per second. Early termination fee and other charges and restrictions apply. Speeds not guaranteed and may vary. Claim based on 2018 ACSI survey of customers rating their own internet provider's performance and reliability of speed and service consistency. Two, one, go. Welcome to a new episode of Talking Gods. <clears throat> Sorry, podcast where we talk about uh, American gods. And would first, I'd like to apologize. I'm so off my game. So if things seem a little unorganized and scattered, that's my fault. My bad. Try to keep it together here. Hopefully, with my two co-hosts. Yardley and Kinte, we can make some sense out of this last episode. So I'll start and introduce you. Are hey, you there? Did you did you introduce me? You were breaking up a little bit. So I, I didn't. I didn't introduce you. I introduced Kinte. But hey, Yardley, you're there. How's it going? Yeah, hey, I'm I'm doing too good. Uh, hopefully, your week will wrap up on a much higher note. But um, everything is well on this side, and I look forward to talking about this episode. I only saw the episode once, so I might need a little uh, assistance as well. This was definitely a good one. And to that end, if I start breaking up audio-wise, please let me know. I I know this seems to be an issue for some reason, so just let me know. Uh, Did we get Kinte back? Kinte, are you there? Oh, no, I didn't go anywhere. and, and oh, no, I introduced and, you and it and disappeared, so sorry about that. No excuse, Jen. When you're a god, uh, you're supposed to be always on point. And see, that's why that's why the, the new generation is turning to the new gods, because uh, you, you old gods are uh, <laughs> and your um, your your slower uh, Internet and, uh, you know, bad weeks and stuff like that. You, you see, that is the problem. I didn't <laughs> offer something to Technical Boy this week. Normally, <laughs> I have a sack ready to go, and I just, I'm so sorry. So, uh, yeah. Don't worry. I, Although, I'm in the same boat. <laughs> <laughs> Although, uh, just just as one quick jump ahead shout out. I almost stopped watching American Gods when Laura burned the library at Alexandria. I know for a second time. Oh my <laughs> I god! I actually almost turned it off. I so was pissed. We'll get to that. Yeah. Well, well, I promise we'll get to that. But yeah, I just had to. I just had to mention that. Okay, so. Uh, I don't know if you guys noticed, but I did look up the ratings and. Poor star with some serious uh, meetings behind. Uh-oh. Sit down. Yeah, you're breaking up. Yeah, Jim. Pretty uh, bad. Okay. Didn't hear anything you just said. All right. Here's here's what we're gonna do. Hold on for a second, and we're gonna move so that we can be in a slightly different spot. Seems like this spot causes problems. Um, I was saying that the that the ratings were really bad again. Did you guys see that? No. I'm, I'm yeah. Now. I had actually saw a link or something. Oh, actually, you posted it in the uh, in, in the show notes. So, yeah, it did dip a little bit there. And uh, I don't know what, you know, what the people at Stars are talking about. I mean, obviously, they have faith, I guess, in the product because it got um, renewed for a third season. But. When you look at these numbers, it's just, I don't know. I mean, I, I could totally see them getting sneaky and cutting the budget again. What do you think, Kente? Yeah, I agree. Wow, I'm looking at the uh, ratings, and and it dipped again, too, uh, for episode three. Wow. Um, 
Then that's not good, and it's by far the lowest of the shows. Uh, yeah, the, of the shows on um, runtime. Although I, hey. I, I will well, say, well, I'm gonna say oh, go, go ahead. ahead, go ahead, Jen. Well, what I was well, going to no, say. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna go ahead and go. Gotta love the time delay. Gotta love the time delay. I'm gonna go ahead and go really, go. Uh, real quick. When the hiatus between the last time that we, uh, the first season, how long was it? It was over a year, right? It was over a year, or or am it I was. just? Yeah. Okay. It, it, right. it was almost two years. We're almost at the two year mark. Okay. okay. You know, I, I mean, I think a lot of that is the problem as far as the numbers are concerned, you know, as well. I mean, we do live in a out of sight, out of mind society, and there's so many options for you to choose from that I thought that it was kind of foolish of them to um, to be gone that long, let alone not necessarily promote the show uh, that I think it deserves. So, I mean, some of this is their own doing. It is. And and I think also one of the big things that's happening is the show, because it has changed the uh, both the showrunners and sort of the technical stuff behind the scenes, it is creating a jarring experience for the people who are watching. So as a result, we don't just have sort of uh, the pause in the continuity. We have a brand new continuity to get used to. Well, that doesn't make any sense. We have a brand new production look and feel to get used to. And that I think was off putting to the people who first started. And then let's face it, you know, it did sort of start out. uh, I think it started out good, but I think it started out a little slow um, and maybe that's not what people were looking for. On the other hand, this episode ties together a lot of stuff that I was hoping that we would sort of get to uh, in a in a roundabout way, where they are paying attention to characters now sort of in their own right and not just uh, making them feel like they are uh, accessories of Odin, uh, of Mr. Wednesday, which feels really good. But at the same time, you know, it's, I think it might be a bit hard for viewers to sort of catch up to where they are. I, I will say, like you said, I give stars a lot of credit for sticking with it, announcing a third season before the second season even ended. And I think they've got a lot of work to do to get viewers back in. They've got a lot of downtime work to do to do real heavy promotion of this because they're not, they're still not doing it. Not that I see. Do you guys see that? Not at all. If I didn't know, I wouldn't have known that the show was not even back on. Yeah, agreed. And I don't think that most people follow those, you know, the pages are always like, you know, kind of uh, occupying the websites either. So I, I think what they have to do, I mean, the only reason why I know what's going on is, of course, you know, Talking American Guys podcast, the page and the group or, you know, I know about it through that. And I guess uh, by default, with the algorithm that they use for Facebook, every blue moon I'll see something in my in my news feed about American Gods, but like, but once again, that's probably just based off of I was following it, but I had made it where <laughs> I, I would um you know you have the option to where you can see something less or or whatever. I just think by default it pops it up in there every now and then. So uh, they've got a huge job to do, and because even when you read a lot of people's comments, a lot of them either were complaining about the hiatus or you know, the feel of the show right now. So I think when you've been gone that long, you damn sure better do something to hook really. Well, and they haven't taken advantage at all of doing the kind of stuff that smart shows do on social media where they get the cast back and forth and banter, where they do some things that really create buzz. Uh, one of the shows that Kinte and I did podcast for last year called The Mayans did a great job of having live hosted events on Twitter, answer your questions. They did it. it it's, it, it's more American gods has to be more than just a passive show to watch. It's gotta be an experience. And I find the more that I talk to people that are inside of that group, the more that that is sort of what they're looking for, right? They read either American gods or started watching it because they wanted something different 
than uh, just your standard everyday kind of drama. And if stars doesn't kind of step it up a little bit, man, this is a little bit worrisome, but uh, you know, in, in, in hindsight, Hey, we've got what we've got. And I will say that this episode was pretty good. Some people who watch this show with me, who have been pretty disillusioned since the beginning of the season said that this episode renewed a little bit of faith in uh in bringing back some of the good stuff that they felt like american gods had had before so before i start with the sort of the breaking down some of the mechanics i just wanted to get some opinions from you guys about how you felt about this episode and whether you thought it was better or in the same ballpark or worse or how about you kente what do you think um real quick before i get into that um there's been several people who who uh, I know who've never watched the show who saw that we were doing the podcast and said, you know what, let me give this show a shot. And they started watching the show and they're like, man, I love this show. Why didn't I know about this show from like, you know, from two years ago? So and they're like currently, you know, breezing through the first season. So so it does. People can watch the show and start liking it now. This episode was very good. I thought it was probably the best show of the season, the best episode of the season. Um, I really enjoyed it. Uh, you know, uh, and I know this is something that Yarley talked about last last week, but um, when we thought that um, the, uh, what was he, the, the caretaker, is it, the, his character? The, uh, the um, yeah, Mr. Uh, Mr. Ebus? Yeah, yeah, like... I, I love that character and um, Mr. Evis and Mr. Jackal. We didn't see Mr. Jackal this time. We just saw Mr. Evis. Right. And he's a great actor, that guy. Um, you know, I really enjoyed that, uh, you know, when he came into the this episode and his part as well. And and I, I really think that it gives another depth to the to this series. So uh, I thought that was really good. I really liked Laura. um in this episode as well. And, um, you know, of course, uh, kept me cracking up was uh, Matt Sweeney through the... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there were some funny-ass Matt Sweeney scenes in this, uh, in this episode as well. And you know what? I actually really enjoyed Shadow in this episode. I thought uh, I, I really liked his character um, probably more than I had in this season in this particular episode. So it was, you know, I enjoyed it. And, you know, of course, Mr. Wednesday is great as always. Yeah. Uh, for me, I thought it was a little bit better than the last one episode. The only reason why I'll say that it was better um, for me personally was just because something, well, there's a lot of things that happened in the TV show that didn't necessarily happen um, the same way in the books. But That's there's right. something that happened in this episode that damn sure isn't in the books. And for me, I was kind of surprised. And I'm pretty sure that at some point, y'all will get to it um, a little bit later on in the show. But um, I definitely thought it was a little bit better. I agree with Kente as far as um, you got some classic uh, Mad Sweeney scenes. And um, it actually made me a little bit more curious, especially with the introduction of new media and things like that. So I'm, I'm curious about where they're going to take it even more based off this episode, but I don't, I don't think it was light years ahead of like the episode that preceded it. Well, yeah, you're right. I, I don't think it's light years ahead, but I do think that it is the, that they're um, let's see, how can I say this? They, it, it's a little bit like, uh, shaky production starts shaky and then it begins to shore itself up and I think that they're beginning to shore themselves up at, at least in terms of doing a broader introduction of characters standing on their own and also I think the reason that this episode was maybe uh, a little bit more memorable than other episodes is because we finally get to see Shadow basically, pardon the pun, outside of the shadow of Mr. Wednesday. Mm -hmm. We get to see Shadow sort of doing shadow things, which was really interesting in its own right. And 
it and it kind of gives some depth to Shadow that I think we sort of need in order to go forward because otherwise he just feels like Wednesday's yes man. Does that, that yeah. did, did you guys notice that too? Yeah, that's what I was saying. Why this was like an episode where I actually liked Seattle a lot. And, yeah, I can definitely agree with that. And did you feel the same about, uh, did you feel the same way about Mr. Wednesday and Laura? That's, t- I found that pairing to be very interesting. I was wondering what you guys thought about that in particular. Yeah, I did too. I, I thought that it was fun. I, I that was one of the main reasons, um, like how the episode closed out. Some of the interactions that they had right before the end of the episode, I thought was great, and I do think that they're a great pairing because I think at different points in this episode, we know one of the things that the gods want and need to flourish is for people to have faith and to believe in them, and then it's almost like there were certain points uh, towards the end of the episode. Where, where he kind of flipped the scripts, trying to say that he was the only one who had faith in Shadow when he was talking to um, uh, to Laura to Laura Moon before they bailed out on him. So he he's really good at flipping the scripts, but he made some some awesome points uh, at the end of the episode. Uh, you know, before when he made poor dead Laura cry, um, <laughs> there were some revelations that she had to kind of deal with herself. Um, you know, dealing with Wednesday at the end of the episode. But I do like that pairing, but apparently, um, I hope not, but it seems like uh, they're kind of separating away from each other uh, themselves. So I'm really curious to see how Laura gets out of that predicament. Well, I'm not really sure that that's actually the end all for that either. I mean, it seems like everybody has to go through their moment of disbelief in order to regain their belief and their trust in whatever it is that they're going to trust in. And every single one of them has to get tested. In fact, in one of the show notes that I wrote, uh, it was sort of an observational piece. I wrote that um, it was really interesting that the way that Wednesday described Laura uh, and her coin needing to be recharged, as in her luck was running out. And the reason that I thought that that was so interesting was because we don't generally tend to think of luck as being something linear, right? It's just happenstance. It's just sort of random events. And yet for Laura, and I think even for Matt Sweeney, it does feel very much like luck is is linear. And so if we start from the moment that the train crashed, which I really do want to at least just touch on, um, and and that the events that unfolded after the train crash, it feels to me like what they're trying to say here is there is something bigger happening with Laura than perhaps we even understand in the context of the story, something different than the Mad Sweeney coin, something clearly that has been happening for a long time. I mean, Mr. Wednesday pointed to it a little bit by saying that Laura was his... I'm sorry, Laura was the puppet that he had basically had been pulling the strings for for a really long time. That seemed pretty consequential. The fact that he knew that that she tried to off herself with a bug spray, big shout out to last season, was pretty big. I, I, I feel like they did a good job of pulling that thread, but I'm curious about whether you guys think that that aspect it lends more to the shadow story or whether it could have been told without it. Cause I'm on the fence with it. I'm on the fence as well. I mean, I like the character of Laura on the TV show, but as Ken Tate was referring to earlier, I think we got a little bit more of shadow. It became a more uh, relatable and likable character, mainly because we, we got to know him a little bit more and detached from Mr. Wednesday. So when it comes to the Laura Moon and what they're doing, I'm just, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm really like, I'm dying to know what the hell they're gonna, they're, they're gonna do with her. Because for me, I kind of find her, found her character as much bullshit as she's done. I found her character to be more sympathetic and I kind of wanted to root for her to do something when there was a clock, when it was seeming like she was breaking down, you know, I, I just right. felt like there was like a, a timer on it. And now mm. that it's she's recharged and there isn't any timer, now I'm like, well, what the fuck are you gonna do with her now? You know, right? <laughs> like, what? But I mean, what is it gonna be more story for her and less for Shadow? I just don't know. So, um, 
I'm going to let the next episode play out. I just want to get a better idea of where they're going to go with her because I don't know. It's just something about the, the, just the fact that, you know, there was always that doom and gloom about, you know, she, she, she didn't have much time and she didn't have much time and she doesn't even really know what her purpose is. <laughs> you know what I mean? So. Well, that, well, that, that brings up an interesting point, right? Because, uh, because Mr. Wednesday did say in the, uh, when they were going to find uh, Argus that revenants tend to have a single purpose. And I don't think that that was an accident. I don't think that was like an accident of writing. It felt very purposeful and uh, driven. And so what that purpose is, I don't think it's a purpose that Laura understands. And I certainly don't understand it myself. I have a hard time with this story arc. One, I think because it's not anywhere near anything that's in the book, but two, because it feels very much to me like they are trying to pull Laura into the story in a way that is so different from the way that I think the story would have gone if they had just retold the story as American gods. And, and I can't quite figure out what their end game is. So yeah. if, if, if there's some good potential, there's definitely some good potential. I do like the fact though. And I, I think I got to say this because it is kind of important. It's really hard to watch the, the, the steady decomposition of a walking corpse on the screen knowing how far there still is basically to go because there's, there's a bit to go a bit of the journey is still left knowing that Laura then basically by the end <clears throat> wouldn't have any suitable purpose. There wouldn't be, I think it would be less uh, enjoyable overall. If Laura really did sort of decompose down, like you said, with the ticking clock, because I think in the end, what would have happened, the train crash ripped her apart. Anything big that would happen in a battle coming up between the gods would surely tear Laura apart, right? Does that make sense? Well, it makes sense, but I mean, a fully charged Laura shouldn't be able to kick a god's ass. So I don't know. <laughs> you know what right, I mean? So right. I don't really know if that makes a difference. You we know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know. The, but the thing is, we don't know what that really does, right? I mean, Wednesday is as much as Inktomi, as much as uh, as much as Mr. Nancy. I consider them all to be tricksters in their own right. So we don't know. We, he says that it recharges the coin, right? We don't actually know what that fully means. You know, oh, it yeah, could absolutely. mean it, it could mean that Laura goes back to being actually human for a while. All the, <coughs> I mean, like maybe she loses her super strength. Who knows? I, I, you're, I think you're right. Yeah. We have to wait and see what happens uh, in the next yeah, episode. Definitely. I mean, I'm going to say, yeah, definitely. I, I definitely want, I'm curious. I'm very curious to see where they're going to go with it. But for me, I don't think that a person like Mr. Wednesday would ever put Laura in a position where she could really do anything about the things that he's trying to do. So I do think that there's some, there's a little bit of fuckery going on. <laughs> with what um with oh, what yeah. Wednesday did, I mean, there definitely has to. I just don't. He doesn't strike me as someone who would give provide someone with the opportunity to have more power than I think he would want them to have. Well, so he, there's he, a there, there's obviously a purpose connected to to um you know to Shadow with him doing what he's done, but you know who knows. Well, I I do think it was pretty clever of Mister Wednesday to use Laura to kill Argus. I, I think it was clear that Wednesday couldn't kill Argus, not because he didn't know how, but because he didn't want, basically, Mr. Wednesday didn't want to uh, draw sides on it. He didn't want to alienate any of the old gods or any of the new gods, but simply by making that choice. I, and I, I feel like that was a conscious choice to put Laura in that position. I, I mean, that it didn't seem to me like Mr. Wednesday was just saying, hey, I can't kill this god. Did it seem like that yeah. to you? No. no, it didn't seem like that. And, our, and I do like that character. Those, those eyeballs was really creepy. So I Very creepy. that that was that was something where I wasn't even paying attention to anything else except waiting to see where eyeball popped up. 
So, so let's talk about that for a second. The, the, that scene, that's basically, that's our first, uh, full or not full, but our bigger introduction to what media might be after, uh, excuse me, new, new media, media might be after. <laughs> um, and so I, I have to ask the obvious, first of all, the, did what was your assessment of how they played out that sex scene between fiber optic man and yeah. new media oh my gosh i i don't even really know what to <laughs> i don't know what to make out of that you know in general but i will say this at first i kind of scoffed at new media and then i then a split second later i was like okay i, I understand what they're doing you know um old media is gone and the new media social media and you know all of that type of stuff so after my initial hmm, i want old media back yeah. i was like okay i get i get i get what they're doing so i do felt like that that character worked after you know a few minutes of aggravation that i didn't you know have old media but yeah that whole scene i really didn't know what to make of it because i was like for me i think i laughed through the whole scene i was like well why the heck you know what, what is their point like you know i didn't really i didn't really get it i i mean i think part of it was probably um showing how extreme some of our new media can be and things like that but uh Overall, I'll just say the new media is it's is cool. I have a feeling that new media is going to be a thorn in a lot of people's side in these uh, in these upcoming episodes. But oh, I much thought it like, was pretty. Oh yeah, much like actual new media. Yeah. Uh, ab absolutely, a absolutely, Kenta. I mean, did, did you were you feeling the character? I mean, I don't really, you know, I could totally see you laughing as well. Uh, oh yeah, so. I definitely felt her character <laughs> uh, very much. So. Um, and she did it. She had more than a thorn in her side. Um, but, um, <laughs> but I'm pumped. Um, but no, I really think that, uh, I liked her. Like, she, first of all, she's pretty cute, uh, you know? And, uh, so, uh, I'm interested to see where that's going, uh, with her character. And she looks like she is a total wild card. So you never, you don't really know you know, what side she's on. Uh, well, actually, we know what side she's on, her own side. So, uh, you know, it's going to be very interesting how she fits into all of this. But um, I, I really I really am very interested in um, how the, how it's going to play out with her. And, um, you know, well, I, I like old media. Obviously, it was Gillian Anderson, but, you know. I, I, I liked the idea that Technology Boy foiled the uh, the attempt um and the reason that i liked that was because it felt to me like technology boy was looking for a win in the plus side between him and mr world and by pulling media away from whatever was going on it did seem like technology boy didn't understand it at first and then understood what was really going on and that to me seemed also consequential but <coughs> i really liked that i liked the way that it became a win for technology boy to pull her away as opposed to it being a win any other way does that i i think that that makes uh, uh this it i think the point is that this isn't you're right new media is something more going on here <clears throat> where the old gods and the new gods are both trying to treat each other with a sense of uh, not indifference and not reverence, but, and it's not just traditions because we heard Mr. World say to Technology Boy, the reason you're gonna go to Argus is because of tradition. But it, it feels to me like there is something else happening between the gods, they're, they're trying to portray it, where the gods themselves treat each other differently than maybe mere petty mortals right does that make yeah. sense yeah it does no it doesn't um, make i i'm i i was impressed by that delivery what are y'all thinking about the character of technical boy now i find myself liking that character less than i did last season yeah like i i, I never would have thought that after this episode i would be more of a fan i never of media than technical boy but uh, you never liked him jen no, I never liked him. I always thought so that, you know, and 
I think the reason I didn't like Technology Boy is because I understood, or at least I felt like I understood from a very, uh, from the lowest possible denominator that Technology Boy is probably the worst kind of gunk that you want in the machine because it is, it because without Technology Boy, without technology as a whole, that is basically what separates the old gods from the new gods. Yep, cosign that. So, and I think we page. saw that in real time, right? With with the with the the crow, with the raven making its way into the drone and taking it down, right? I mean, the clash of those two worlds could not have been a better uh, on screen, you know, just direct. Here's here's exactly what it is yeah. in black and white. <laughs> absolutely i agree that that i actually you made me remember that was definitely one of my favorite little shots of the episode yeah that was dope so uh, you know as as the as the episode moved forward obviously shadow met uh sam crow and sam mm-hmm. crow didn't give shadow any information at all about who she was or what she was and uh i was wondering what you guys thought of that character because that uh the scene of uh shadow getting with that character th- that was in the books because i thought i think i remembered it but it wasn't it, um it wasn't quite done the same way but it was pretty close well i oh gosh it's been a couple two or three years since i read the book but if i'm not mistaken and i kind of wanted to get your opinion on this jen i think we're gonna see that character again because she had a, another part at the end of the book as well, right? I'm just kind of when they got to the um, gosh, yeah, yeah. Am I tripping? I mean, she uh, she showed up more than once in the book. If yeah, I'm not mistaken. I, okay. I think we'll see Sam Crow again. Okay, cool. Yeah, I thought that the character. I thought the character in the introduction. Um, you had it. You have it in the show notes about um the meaning of that character in Shadow, um, at the store, <laughs> and I wanted to know like what the hell would you have done, Kente, if this person tried to put you on blast when you're trying to get your hustle on? So hold on a second. I'm gonna uh-huh. just I'll Kente, you can answer in one sec, but I just wanna I just wanna say that this is like such a huge shout out. Clearly, somebody in the show watched Tatum O'Neill and uh, what's his name? The, I forgot his name. Oh my gosh, sorry. My my old the old gods are leaving me at the moment. Um, but there is a movie called Paper Moon where they run this really similar kind of scam that involves something, but it's basically the money scam where you, and the, the scene felt directly taken out of that movie. So go ahead. what did you think, Kente? If she tried to stop my hustle, I'd, I'd have been pissed like it. Like, <laughs> girl, I'm trying to make this money. <laughs> what are you talking about? No. And, and that girl and the woman, she was uh, definitely going for, going for it, you know. So, uh, but no, nah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have liked that at all. But um, <clears throat> excuse me. I, I, <laughs> at least he knows he could go back, can't they, and probably pull it off a second time. Oh yeah, he can definitely hustle <laughs> that chick. Um, you know, it's you know what I think of when I think of uh, when I see your Sam Crow, uh, uh, Jen. Who? What? Sons of Anarchy. Oh, oh right, right. <laughs> that was the took name me a the, second. That was the name of the uh, the um, the biker gang was uh, Sam Crow. That's but, right. But um, no, uh, no, I, I I liked her character. It was she was a very interesting character. I mean, you knew right away, you know, kind of you know that she was gonna. I mean, obviously, I didn't read the book, but you knew that she wasn't just a happenstance character. That she was somebody that was gonna um, figure into this more, and. Uh, I I liked I th- I felt like her, their interaction was key to Shadow, um, like not just from a, a story point of view, but from a really development point of view of Shadow. You know, because like like once again, you know, you saw another side of Shadow within right. in, that, in that, and and I really think that the dialogue between uh, the the two characters really lend itself to really opening up his character more so well and the the way that shadow uh behaves with people that he doesn't know is clearly very different from the way that he behaves with people that he does know so it's nice to see him in the element of 
I don't know who you are. This is my sort of, uh, this is my public face. And then over the course of the episode, as he sort of got to know who she was, some of those barriers kind of came back down again and you got to see the real shadow again. I don't, by the time that he, they got to Cairo, it really felt pretty organic, that whole interaction between Shadow and Sam Crow. It, it didn't feel forced. It didn't feel... Uh, and just the way that Sam reacted to Shadow when uh, Shadow was surrounded by all the little lights, when she said, friends of yours, uh, it, it just... That was actually quite... I liked that. I liked it a lot because it felt like, oh, you know, is she in on it? Is there? Does she know something? <clears throat> I liked it. I thought it was really good. Yeah, I could see that. And I, I'm sure that you both noticed uh, the crows that were her tattoos, right? Mm. As she talked about being two spirit. Oh yeah, I didn't. I didn't notice the tattoo. Where was it? it was on her neck? Uh, it was on her arm, <clears throat> and uh -huh. there were there's two. They looked a whole lot like uh, Mr. Wednesdays. Maybe a little bit different, but they definitely had that same look to them. So I, I, I thought that was actually kind of cool, too. You know, before I forget, there's there were so many little details in this episode that uh, I feel like they started paying attention to again. Um, and I know that I wrote it in the show notes, but I, I feel like I should say it out loud, too. There's the scene where uh, where. Salim and uh, and the Jin basically are leaving uh, the Corn Palace, right? And in the parking lot is written the famous words for American gods that we see every time they sort of either uh, inject a new myth or tell us about a myth that just happened. And it says somewhere in America. And I loved that because it felt like they were trying to go back, not back, they were trying to reconstruct what I feel like we missed in the first couple episodes. Um, even Mr. Ebus telling us the story of Io and Argus um, and, and Hera and what happened, that little narrative was, a, remember how I was talking last week about how I missed that Somewhere in America piece? Mm -hmm. yeah, apparently I was praying to the right yeah. gods this week because my wish got granted and oh, we have that nice little it wasn't the perfect vignette it didn't do exactly what I liked for them to do but it did at least bridge a nice gap so I thought that that was good so along those same lines <clears throat> um, again I'm going to go back to the Argus thing because I feel like that was really important as they're going up through the building and they get off of the elevators and they see all of the different instances of Argus before he came back. Did you guys like that? Did you think that that was a good representation? Yes. You did? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't have a problem with it. Did did you did did you feel like you understood that he was being uh resurrected at all these different points? Yeah. Oh. Was that? Was that? I mean, was that something? The reason that I ask is because that was a huge thing that people didn't seem to understand. Oh. I, I mean, I'm glad that you did. I should have known that you were smarter than your average bear, but you know, uh -huh. sometimes uh, it takes was that, a little explanation. Was that like something that a lot of people were like? Uh, they weren't. I mean, I didn't. You know, I mean, it wasn't like a. Um, it wasn't something where I was like, oh man, you know, uh, you know, I couldn't get. Yeah. It. With, yeah, what they didn't understand was, okay, so Wednesday and Laura go up the stairs, which is the reason that they went up the stairs is because so they could basically leave at every floor to look for Argus, right? <clears throat> um, Technology Boy and media, new media, didn't do that. They've gotten to the elevator. So they went straight to where, they went straight to the source, if you will. Um, but Mr. Wednesday and Laura, as they as they leave on each floor to basically give a sacrifice a lot of people didn't understand what the significance behind all of that was or because the big question was, well, why didn't they just get on the elevator too? What, what, what was with all of the stops? Why did it matter? You know, technology boy and new media didn't do that. Why did Wednesday and Laura have to do that? <clears throat> and so I, th that, that was the question. The question was, did, did you understand the significance of it or was that not so clear? Cause for a lot of people, apparently it wasn't clear. 
Hey, the, the reason why you came to that conclusion, was that like some topics of conversation that was going on in the group? Um, it wasn't just the group. It was also uh, a big Twitter thing. And there are some other groups where people, especially subreddit threads, where people are talking about American gods. And that was just a huge one. It went on forever and ever. Okay. So, and, and I think, you know, sometimes when shows get meta uh, for the sake of being meta, it can be really difficult to sort of... Uh, pull out the sometimes a cigar is just a cigar and you want to assign meaning to sort of every little rock and tree and i think that's kind of what was happening uh there wasn't i i just think that sometimes american gods can get a little too into itself and people start misinterpreting things so well i'm glad that we all understood i remember um i remember that remember the show lost you know how everybody would um always um Oh yeah! Like everything would get analyzed, and I remember there's one thing where there was something in the background, and people were saying, "Oh, that's the the spirit of something or whatever," and then, <laughs> then they had to actually come out. The, the, this was so funny. The producers had to come out and say, "No, that wasn't anything. That was actually a mistake. Um, it was actually <laughs> like the shadow of a of a grip or something." Because <laughs> people were like making oh, it. God. In the, Making it into something, and they had to come out and say no. It was just a grip, uh, you know. That's so funny. It was a mistake on our part. <laughs> Which is I mean, sometimes me I guess we're a little bit too thirsty. Yeah. Right. So, so, uh, so I'm I'm gonna just throw this out there and ask you guys to tell me what you think. What did you think of Mad Sweeney this episode, just at large? Hell yeah! I, I wish it made me wish Mad Sweeney had his own show. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I just, I I started to dig that character more and more. I think my favorite part was I think when um, Laura was getting put back on the table, and then he was about to call her a, a cunt or something, and then she knocked him across the room, and he's like, "There she is." <laughs> I, was, I was like, "Yeah," but I mean, how can you not? I don't know. I, I almost feel like how can you not like uh, Mad Sweeney? He is, he is such a lovable uh when he's down on his luck i feel like it actually makes him more adorable yeah and that's the thing is he supposed I'm to wondering be, like is he supposed to be though you yeah, said down adorable? on his luck yeah oh or down adorable. on luck yeah i think that <laughs> he's lost his lucky coin he can't be anything but down on his luck yeah and it's almost it's also one of those things where um I'm even more curious about what they're going to do with him because like when you look at the character, especially based off of last season, I, you know, for the life of me, I just don't know why when Laura, maybe a couple of points uh, in the last couple of, uh, couple of episodes, she's been totally vulnerable for him to get his coin back. Like, right. you know what I mean? Like she, but he doesn't. So I'm wondering season Laura or what does he know? Or, or I don't know, or maybe, maybe he's just, he just has a feeling or has faith that something's going to happen. I'm just wondering okay. what the hell does he see to like for him not to take his luck back. So I, I okay. Well, there, there is a, there is a small answer in there. I don't know if it's the complete answer, but the small answer is he's looking for some kind of uh, restitution. Isn't the right word, but a kind of um, he wants to make up for what he did because he, Oh, because, remember in the in the last season he basically came to the conclusion that this is what he had to do in order yeah. he had to like reconcile and set the book straight in order to keep uh going the way that he was so i i think that's the short answer but here he and is did, but didn't but didn't he make reference i think that he kind of referenced it was a penance for something in like one of the last couple of yeah. episodes yeah, and uh, and we think that it has something to do with Mr. Wednesday, right? Because he, it had, it was penance for doing something with Mr. Wednesday. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. Which because it, okay. because that does get see this is what happens when you miss a year or two out of a show. It's hard to remember all the little nuances, but it also is one of the reasons I think that Mr. Wednesday doesn't just basically up and you know get rid of mad sweeney too because why is mr wednesday letting mad sweeney tag along on all of his stuff if you know all he ever says is i can't believe you still trust him and you know don't you know that he's just a shyster and a grifter and you know i mean mr wednesday's got to have a reason for keeping the guy around mm -hmm. 
So, okay. So uh, other than the, the, the fun stuff with Mad Sweeney, which really was fun, the, my favorite was the car, the dog in the car. I have to admit that really did make me laugh. I, I just, it, <laughs> finally, everything is going his way. He even gets a keychain that's got a Celtic cross on it. Oh yeah, things are fun. And then there's giant pit bull in the back. Oh, <laughs> and I would have got the hell up out of there. I would have got out of there, so, man. Yeah, that was, I you know, the, totally the, the, <laughs> I love though when the dog, uh, for a minute, the dog kind of just looks at him like, oh, okay, well, maybe he's, nope. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Well, what made it even more genius was just the fact that that was why the door was unlocked. That, that's why I was dying laughing. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, it's almost like one of those things like, you know, when I was younger, I, I think I saw someone that played this out. Um, there used to be this dog at this gate and every day we'd walk by the gate and it would yell at us and we'd kick the gate and piss it off even more until that one day the dog was just walking with us down the side of the gate and the gate was open. Oh, God. <laughs> it was like, oh man, this is, it was bound to happen. But yeah, actually, now that you said the dog, I'm not saying that that dog scene beat the scene where Laura just totally mashed him across the room, but that that was definitely a classic scene. <laughs> yeah. It was memorable, yeah. that is for sure. It, anytime that Laura roughs him up, it's gold. Yeah, I, you know, good. I feel uh, I I feel like this is one of the reasons why it was so hard to see Laura at the end look so confused because so far, other than in the flashback scenes where we know. Uh, you know, that she was really struggling with a lot of uh, why am I here? What am I doing? What's happening? She's been really strong. She's been incredibly organized and, you know, single-minded. And to see her so uh, just out of sorts after Wednesday bows to her and says, you know, okay, goodbye. This is it. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Um, that was, that was really disconcerting. I think, did, did you guys feel the same way or did you feel like maybe Laura finally realized that Wednesday was right, that she was just being self-serving? Yes, I believe it. I mean, I believe it. What did he say that you felt like wasn't true though? <laughs> well, well, right. That, that's the thing, right? There's, I, I mean, let's not forget how Laura died, right? Laura just didn't just die in a regular car accident, you know. Laura had been cheating with uh, with Shadow's best friend and died in a car accident uh, with him. That's that's pretty big. So it's not like you know, Laura doesn't get to just walk around skating as if she's just the dutiful wife i think that's a that's a big thing i i I wanted to ask one quick question of you yardley before i know you have to leave and that is in in terms of how this uh episode unraveled did you feel like the introduction of uh, uh, sort of the breezing in and breezing out of some of the old gods who are helping mr wednesday did you feel like that was effective it, just, just from a narrative standpoint, because I, ha- I have some ideas about that, like well, I think Mr. That Inktomi and. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, do I think it's it it's as effective with them kind of being mixed up in the story more? Like, what what do you mean effectiveness of? Well, do you think it's hard for audiences to sort of get characters that breeze in and out of the story, uh, and then we have I, to go back and remember I, them later? Yeah, I don't think that. Yeah, I, oh my gosh, I definitely don't think that that you know benefits viewers. I don't because uh, we kind of spoke on this earlier. I, I think when you've been gone so long, I think that whatever you do has to pop and keep people's attention and keep them engaged and you know just kind of keep them busy. You know right. what I'm saying? Right. And I don't think you know. And and even though there have been some great things about this season, and, and you know what, I'm going to have faith and believe that. You know, later on in the season, it's going to get even better and better. But I think that this is the type of show, especially with the break, I think you have to be a little bit more busy to keep people engaged. Yeah, I do, too. Although I will I say just from uh, from a total perspective that I do like the fact that they're using uh, Arjun and Salim and uh, and some of the other characters, even Mr. Nancy and Mr. Ibris, to pull together all of those threads so that 
we really are our core cast instead of having all the gods come in all the time and then us having to remember who they all are. So to that end, I think they're, they're trying at least. So uh, to all of that, I, I, I really did like this episode. I thought it was really good. Yes. Uh, well, what, what would you what would you rank it one to ten? You give it like an eight or a nine? I I think I would give it. it uh, let me put it into perspective. Last week I would have given that episode a, a solid seven seven. This week I would really give this episode a good eight two. I feel like okay. it's it's moved up enough in the storytelling and and also in just the 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 faithful remembrance of what American gods was trying to do before, I feel like they're trying to get back to it. I so yeah, yeah I agree. Um, it's not American frauds now; it's American gods again. They're moving. <laughs> they're they're definitely moving in the right direction. I know it must be pretty difficult for them to get everything back on board, but it does feel like they're moving in the right direction. So I'm glad about that. Mm-hmm. So so. Uh, I guess we're going to wrap and I just, first of all, I just wanted to say thank you guys. I, I love these, just this hour of the week to talk about American gods as it happens. It really is. I love deconstructing the show. It's one of my most favorite shows to dig into and decide whether things are real, not real, meta, not meta, mythical, not mythical. It's just fun. I have a really good time. So thank you both. Thank and, you. uh, so I'll start with you, Yardley. Tell us how we can get you on social media. Hey, you can follow me on Twitter at militant underscore marker. And Kinte, how can new media come find you? <laughs> you can find me at Kinte F on Twitter, Kinte Ferguson on um, Instagram, and of course, IndieRadio.org. That's I-N-D-Y Radio.org. And you can find me at following bliss one on Twitter and my websites, criticallaughs.com and moviesmakethemeal.com. So we will see you next week. My life is like a browser with 25 open tabs. I have kind of a constantly plugged in thing. Any interruption could jeopardize the whole operation. So I got my internet service from AT&T because their customers rated their service number one in reliability over cable. For $40 a month, I can get up to 100 megabits per second internet, so I can stay up to date on the latest stuff going on in my world. It's soothing to know AT&T internet is rated number one in reliability over cable. It helps me maintain my low-stress thing. AT&T internet customers rank their service number one in reliability over cable. Switch and get up to 100 megabits per second for $40 a month. Limited availability may not be available in your area. Check eligibility at att.com slash internet. AT&T. More for your thing. That's our thing. New approved customers only. Includes internet plans 10 to 100 megabits per second. Early termination fee and other charges and restrictions apply. Speeds not guaranteed and may vary. Claim based on 2018 ACSI survey of customers rating their own internet provider's performance and reliability of speed and service consistency. My life is like a browser with 25 open tabs. I have kind of a constantly plugged in thing. Any interruption could jeopardize the whole operation. So I got my internet service from AT&T. Because their customers rated their service number one in reliability over cable. For $40 a month, I can get up to 100 megabits per second internet, so I can stay up to date on the latest stuff going on in my world. It's soothing to know AT&T internet is rated number one in reliability over cable. It helps me maintain my low-stress thing. AT&T Internet customers rank their service number one in reliability over cable. Switch and get up to 100 megabits per second for $40 a month. Limited availability may not be available in your area. Check eligibility at att.com slash internet. AT&T. More for your thing. That's our thing. New approved customers only. Includes internet plans 10 to 100 megabits per second. Early termination fee and other charges and restrictions apply. Speeds not guaranteed and may vary. Claim based on 2018 ACSI survey of customers rating their own internet provider's performance and reliability of speed and service consistency.